Welcome to the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Welcome to the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Ladies and gentlemen, it is the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast brought to you by the Hot Take Hot Box. My name is Matt McSweeney. I am joined by the Ty Capone here to talk about UFC 298. Alexander Volkanovsky puts his featherweight title on the line against the Matador, Ilya Taporia. This is an awesome night of fights. Rarely do we say that when we do one of these podcasts. We talk about them all week in and week out. Last week, the week before, not that great. Even the pay-per-view wasn't that great uh, but the couple weeks before that. This, this is a great card, and we are excited to talk about it. Like I said, my name is Matt McSweeney. This is the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. I'm joined by Ty Capone. Ty, how are you feeling? Are you excited? I know you are. You are a big supporter of the Matador. Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm looking good. Not looking good. I'm not looking good, but uh, it's looking good outside. Very, uh, we got some good weather. 73 and sunny. I know you're uh, you're doing well up there. Yeah, it's not that it's not that here. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm feeling good. I'm I'm really excited for this card, top to bottom. I think um, I think it's solid. I think it's really solid. I mean, I mean, maybe some of the prelims aren't that great, but I think there's there's some action. There's some action fights. You know, I think some of these lower lower fights on the lower card, lower fights on the card have uh, at least have the capability of being a quick finish or a war or something. You know what I mean? Uh, with some prospects, some uh, guys who might have a future, uh, but the main card, man, the main card is nasty. I, you know, from top to bottom, uh, it might not be the best co-main, it might not be the best feature bout, but the, I mean, honestly, look at four and five: uh, Cejudo, Marab, and Fluffy and Kapilov. Those are awesome to start the main card and kind of lead in to that main event. It's it's, it's a nice gradual build into the main event, which I think is going to be one of the best featherweight fights, featherweight title fights, uh, maybe of all time. Honestly, I am so excited. We got Val Woodburn getting in there, uh, <laughs> lacing him up. Left and, hand of God yeah. is on this card. I mean, what a nickname! There's, well, there's a card. This card's full of pretty good nicknames. That, that's, that's that might be the best. And then Marcos Ruggiero, don't call me Mister Clean De Lima, is getting in there as well. So we have a lot to talk about. But like always, we must start at the top. UFC 298, the featherweight title, ladies and gentlemen. Alexander the Great Volkanovsky putting it up on the line against Ilya Taporia. He is 26-3. and Ilya Taporia is 14-0, and undefeated. I am so excited about this. 15-0 and per his bio. Yes, yes. He's already announced that he has won this fight. So that is, I mean, if you're a gambler and you, you trust him that he's got the inside info, then yeah. you might as well go in and fire your life savings responsibly on Alexander... Taporia, that's what uh, his name is on the betting website, so I don't know. Alexander, his brother? Yeah. That's they they just were, signed, by they, the way. That's what they literally have his name on, is Alexander <laughs> Taporia. So I really hope it's not him and Ilya's the one fighting, but... Yeah, Alexander's uh, good, but he's not that good. Taporia is a slight dog in this fight. The odds have gone all over the place. Pretty sure Volk opened up at, what, a minus 175, 160 favorite and now it's down to minus 120, 130. Taporia is a plus 105, 110. Ty, I must let you lead. This is your 
this is your guy. You've been uh, tailing this man for a while now, probably, I mean, at least since the beginning of this podcast and since he made his UFC debut. I got to let you, I got to give you the floor and tell us why you think it is Taporia's time. Yeah, I, uh, I've been on him for a minute, man. I think I remember watching his, his fight or seeing the, the tweet, uh, a highlight of him knocking out that guy right before he got to the UFC at uh, Steven Goncalves. He got dropped bad in that fight by a head kick, and he was able to survive. It's kind of interesting. Both these guys have been dropped by head kicks multiple times. Uh, the th- difference is Volkanovski has been knocked out twice by them. The one time was a long time ago. I think he was at 170. When he fought that fellow, it was his first career fight, his fourth pro fight against Corey Nelson. And then when he fought Islam, who is obviously one of the best you know, in the business right now. So don't want to compare those two to Steven Goncalves and Jai Herbert. But uh, Tapori was able to recover from both of those. I think he um, – my only, my only real question is if the moment's too big, if it's too early. You know, I mean, I think he's ready. I think his game has honestly just improved so much. I mean, you got to take a look. You know, I don't want to give you uh, the backstory of his whole life, but he was um, he was born in Germany and uh, moved to I think moved back to Georgia after the I think it was the Civil War, the Georgian Civil War. I could be wrong on that. My history is a little sketchy. Um, and then he started doing wrestling, Greco-Roman wrestling, and um, then moved to Spain at fifteen. That's probably why he claimed Spain. Um, or claims it so heavily. He's not Spanish at all, but moved to Spain at 15 where he started doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu and then just started fighting. And, uh, you know, early in his career, he was just pretty much a, a submission guy. Like, he was taking these guys down and just submitting everybody. And then I'm not, I'm not really sure what happened. I think pretty much when he got... Um, when, when he just, I think, settled in, it seemed like, because his first four fights were against, you know, absolute bottom-of-the-barrel guys. And then he started fighting some better competition. And then he started realizing his power and started boxing more. I think he was actually, in, um, I think he looked up to Canelo, watched a lot of Canelo, and it kind of makes sense with you look when you see how far how far along his boxing has come in his career. I mean, you know, the use of the law fight was was his debut, and it was on short notice, but it wasn't the greatest. Damon Jackson fight was kind of a little slow until he put him out. But dude, he just makes improvements every single fight. He's so well-rounded. He's ready. He's composed. I, lo- I mean, the Josh Emmett fight showed he can do this for 25 minutes. He can put a beating on people. He, his, his, his striking defense is probably what I'm most worried about here, but uh, I think he takes a shot well. You know, he's not scared to exchange. Um, he can recover well anytime he gets rocked, anytime he gets hurt. Again, he maybe, maybe he's too young. He's 27. I'm trying to think of um, – I'm trying to think of anybody – I always talk about that 35, 35-year-old club that Volkanovski's in. Um, I think the only fighter to ever win that was 35 or older and, and beat somebody who was younger than 35 was Tyron Woodley when he beat uh, Darren Till. The other ones, Tyron Woodley beat Damian Maya and Nunez beat Aldana, who were both 35. So that's something to look for in this fight. I, I, honestly, I don't even care really about any of that, to be honest. I do think this might be... Um, a quick turnaround for Volk. Has it been four months yeah. since he got head kicked? Right. That's that's not too long, or that's not too short. But you know, he took that fight on eleven days' notice. It's just been a lot. Uh, we're seeing less Eugene Behrman now. I don't know if you've noticed that. Uh, more Joe Lopez because Eugene Behrman did not like the fact that Volk took that fight so short. And he's also talking about taking a fight on three hundred to save that card. 
jumping ahead a little bit. I think both these guys are looking ahead too much. Uh, that kind of worries me a little bit, but I think they're both on fight night. They're going to be locked in. They're going to be dialed in. Um, um, I just love what Tapori did in his last fight against Emmett. He, he gave out a 50-42 card in that fight. Do you, know, do you know what other fight had a 50-42 scorecard in UFC history? No. Uh, Max Cater had one. Okay. Rich Franklin back in the day against uh, was it David Lo- Loizo? Lo- Loizo? Dave Maness, Jill Gill, Castillo. These were back in like the 90s, early 2000s, so not many. Um, I think he would be the third youngest featherweight champion ever. Um, slightly ahead of Connor, who obviously beat Mendes for the interim belt, which he then unified with the biggest fluke ever. Um, Come on. He'd be, I was, yeah, you know, you know it's true. I have some respect. Uh, <laughs> I think Max was 25 when he also won the interim belt um, because Anthony Pettis missed weight. And then Aldo, who won it at 23, that was in the WEC. So uh, Tapori would be putting his name up there with some of the greats in the history books. And, uh, yeah, I, th- I, I just think he has Volk covered if it gets to the ground. I think he has the better hands. The one thing I will say, I feel like Tapori might stand too tall, too heavy on that front leg. Vol- you know, Volkanovski loves throwing those leg kicks. Yeah. Um, just the feints, the output, the leg kicks for Volk. It, it's he's so tough, man. He he just gives you different looks all the time, and uh, obviously he's he's tough as nails. But I do kind of worry about his durability. You know, he he's getting older, and um, this is the first time in a long time he's fought somebody with a similar build to him. And he's been fighting all these tall, longer guys. The last time he fought one of those guys was Chad Mendez, who did drop him. I know that was a. It, it's been a while. It's been a long time since then. But um, I think that's something. Something to notice, you know, if he doesn't get those light, if he can't ship away at Ilya Taporia right away and, and and damage his front front leg, and I think Ilya Taporia hasn't really been a big leg kick guy his whole career. Honestly, him and him and his opponents have kind of pretty much been even in that. He doesn't headhunt, but he goes to the body really well, sets it up. He, he he'll finish to the body, he'll mix up to the body to the head in the same combo. I just love his boxing. I love his speed, his 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 counters, everything, and obviously he has that power. I'm gonna go. Ilya Tapori by knockout. I think he gets it done, wins the belt, and uh, sends Volkanovski packing the 155. You've taken that on the card. Yes, I am. Wow. How about that? Ilya I think Tapuria. there's a chance he could sub him. I know Brian Ortega couldn't sub him, so maybe nobody can, but I think Tapori's a little different. You know, he gets you on the ground, he'll, he'll elbows and, and whatnot. He'll make you feel uncomfortable. Then I could see a club and sub, but honestly, I think he's just going to get it done with it. I think he's going to hurt. He's going he's gonna to make Volk feel his power, and then I just don't know if Volk can sustain. I, I don't know if he can stave off his power, honestly. I just, I just think he's going to find him eventually. It might be early. It might be really early, honestly. Taporia TKO plus 360 is Woo. on the board right now. It was, in the four, it was in the 440 range before, so I see you know, some people are saying, uh, you know, he can go five rounds, but can he beat Volkanovski? Can, can he win a decision over Volkanovski? Maybe, honestly, Maybe. I mean, anything if, can if you, Right, we've seen it before. That you know, how the fuck did uh, our boy Almeida go five rounds with Derek Lewis? Different story here for sure. Maybe he can beat him in a decision. I think he could. I think he could outpoint him, but it would be very tough to do. You know, as sure. you, as you get into you know into the deep waters, how are you going to win rounds three, four, and five against Volk? It'll be tough, but I, I just think he's going to send him packing. I think this is his time. I think the, the stars are aligning. Volk coming off of that head kick knockout. I think. Uh, 
I think Volk is, you know, can be, can be hit. I just think his hands to Poria's are, are much better here. All right. So I agree with a lot of what you've said. I just worry, you made mention of, is that I think Taporia is underestimating Volkanovsky. And I think that is a grave, grave mistake. If he truly is, if it's not just bravado and talk and, you know, hyping the fight up pretty much. It seems like a lot. I, honestly, though, from listening to the guy talk and following him through this last couple of years, it seems like this is just who this man is. You know, he just he's ready. He 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 believes in himself. He's confident. He had he give he does give off a little bit of a Connor like um, uh, aura. Confidence, the yeah, fucking, yeah. He just has the vibes yep. all around. His coach said, "Hey, you know, most people don't touch the belt before they win it." You, you know, they think it's bad luck. And he said, that's the difference between me and most people. Yeah, he's a, he's a like, sick wow. individual. And you saw what he did to Bryce Mitchell, made him look like a bum. And, you know, th- that is one of the things, though, Ty, that it really does worry me is Ilya Taporia's strength of schedule. Compare, I mean, obviously compared to a guy like Volk, who's been the champion for a while, but... Yeah. Josh Emmett. definitely something to consider. Yeah, Bryce but that's Mitchell. that's a big step up, though. I thought Josh Emmett and Bryce... I mean, look at... You know, who did Connor fight before he fought Chad That's Mendes? True. Dennis yeah. Seaver. Yeah. You yeah. know, look at look at everybody. Everybody who was a champion was once a prospect who was and before they were a prospect, they were a contender. You know, so and before that or before they were a contender, they were a prospect. Before they were a prospect, they were a regional scene fighter. So I agree, you know, fourteen and 0, it's, it's in the grand scheme of things, not that many fights, right? Doesn't have a lot hasn't tasted defeat yet. But he's had some time, you, you know, he's had some uh, tough times to overcome for sure. I didn't think he was gonna survive that first round against Jai Herbert, he, he was, he was rocked the most of that round. And that's a low level. You know, if some would say, if you can't look amazing against Jai Herbert, how are you going to beat Volkanovsky just a couple years later? But I just think I'm going to let you continue though. No, no, no. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm basically saying the same, a lot of the same stuff. Like that is a a worry, but ultimately it's not a thing that's going to make you like swing one way or the other, because it is not, I've always said this and Sometimes I don't like it, but it's the truth. It's not really your fault if you are not able to get lined up against this guy, that guy, or have this great level of competition leading up to your title fights. It's, you know, everyone has different roads to get to where they're at. This guy's skill set is his skill set. He's dangerous with his hands. He's dangerous on the ground. He's somewhat durable, obviously, because he's received a shin to the side of his dome and has been able to bounce back and and recover and and get the guy who did that to him out of there. I I just I have I am just not as I would say confident as you are, obviously, in in Mister Taporia's ability to get Al- Volkanovski out of there. The thing that I I would normally be a lock to take Volkanovski in this spot because of the number and everything surrounding it. I, I just worry, though, that and this is we talked about it when this fight was announced that it was it's only four months ago that that man's head was punted into the bleachers. And I, I get it. It's four months is a good amount of time. And but that that's how long did he take off before he hopped right back in the gym and was training again? You know, right. three fights in the last calendar year. Yes, that's it's a lot. And you know, he's and two he, losses. He talked about he wasn't taking care of himself before that second full, uh, the Makachev fight. You know, he's there's a lot of little things. That, right? Yeah, wasn't he depressed? Yes, or he said he was dealing with something. You know, he was drinking a lot. That's 
you know, that's got to be there still a little bit. Uh, partially. And that's the, that, that's that's one of the things that worries me because I, I, I just – I think a lot of people are just counting on that, that it's Volkanovsky the Great. You know, like he he has been truly – we t- I mean, we have discussed it on here a million times how great this man is. He really is. Like he has been a – a staple of the UFC and a state, especially the staple of the, of the featherweight division. I mean, he basically took that, took it from uh, Holloway and has been running with it ever since. And you haven't even really, we haven't even really gotten any, I mean, he's had close situations, but overall these fights haven't been all that close since he fought Holloway. He's taking care of Yair. He's taking care of Ortega, you know, other than a, you know, close submission here or there. But, I I just Ty I can't get over the fact that this is still Alexander the Great, and this is still one of the best featherweights of all time, and I just don't know how he doesn't find a way to win this. Like you said, maybe he chews that leg up. May I, I think he's going to be a little bit longer. I think those jabs are going to be there, but is it is the is the striking defense of Taporia going to be able to? keep him at range and be able to get in without getting hit. Uh, I just, I don't know. I'm going to take Volkanovsky money line wow. here. And I'm not, I'm literally not that happy about it. And if this were a, oh. if this were a prelim fight, I would not take it because I don't really have a confident view on either side. But this is, this is the main event. This is the featherweight title. I can't sit on the sidelines. Taking Volkanovsky money line minus 120. Wow, wow, wow. I thought you were going to follow me. It's a war, at least with the money line pick. However, I can't be mad at you taking the all-time great. We've seen it happen many times. I just think, you know, the biggest key for him will be those front, those light kicks. And the thing happens, you know, when you throw those light kicks, you're open to be countered. At least yeah. Corey has amazing counters. Quick, quick hands. A great piston of a jab. Beautiful uppercut. Beautiful straight right. And then he throws a nice, you know, step back, pull right, right straight hook kind of like uh, Floyd used to do, like Canelo does. I think that's what he's going to – he's going to chip him up multiple times. He's going to have him maybe not backing up completely against the cage, but he's going to catch him. And then from there, he's going to take over. Relentless finisher. Let's go, baby. The problem is, like, they really don't have – like, the I usually can get a read, and I know the MMA math doesn't matter, but, like, they really don't have, like, a lot of com- common opponents or any – do they even have any common opponents? Um, I don't, I don't think so. That's the thing. Like no. I, you know, you like we talk about that on here. Like it doesn't really matter at the end of the day. The MMA math, it's not. Uh, but I like to see what either one looks like against a say, the same guy and kind of try to figure out how they would match up against each other. And you really you, like they have just fought completely well, it's, it's different tough guys. Because Volk won the belt in 2019 and Tapori made his debut in 2020. So yeah, you know. He's going to be fighting the Damon Jackson, Bright, uh, yeah. Brian Hall, and Bryce Mitchell, and Emmett of the world. You know, Emmett was like the closest we can get. Honestly, Emmett for you know being your last fight before getting a title shot is not too bad. I mean, who did who did Volk fight before he won the belt? Um, Aldo, Aldo even, Mendez, Al- Elkins, Jeremy Kennedy, yeah. Shane Young. Yeah, yeah, you know some of those guys. Uh, Aldo Mendez definitely legit opponents, but uh, still. Uh, I, Even then, I don't know. it was kind of a tour. They were going, they were fading off towards the uh, the wayside by that point. It's yeah. I mean, beating Holloway three times that you, that never you can never you know not hold that against him. But again, uh, he's he's finished his last 
to two of his last three opponents at featherweight. It's just I don't really feel good about this bet at all. I I, I don't. You shouldn't. No, because it's a this is a dangerous, dangerous fight for uh, Volkanovski, and I I want to flip flop. I want to flip flop. Ty, should I flip flop? You should. Yeah, uh, <laughs> absolutely should. Oh man, I I don't know. No, no, I can't. I can't. Vol, Vol, this is like the ultimate prove it fight for Volk. He has to. He can't go out because then he's done. If the, if this is if he loses this fight, he is toast. And just go to middleweight or lightweight. Yeah, but I mean, he just got his head kicked off by the champion there, and he's lost yeah. to the champion twice. So, really, there's no path to the title unless Islam walks away. So this this should feel like a do or die situation for him. And he might die. I don't know. It's, yeah, this he will. Is, I'm gonna go. I, I'm gonna stick with it. Volkanovski money line minus one twenty. Taporia plus three sixty on the TKO. That is the shoulder strikes MMA picks. We keep it moving, ladies and gentlemen. We go to the co-main event. Robert Whitaker, the Reaper, getting in there against Paulo Boracina Costa, the Eraser. He has like seven different nicknames now, so I, I love it. Boracina is the underdog here at plus two hundred five, two hundred. You can get him as low as minus or plus one ninety five. I know that does that's not exactly what you would want to do. Uh, Whitaker is a minus two fifty favorite here, big time favorite tie. Uh, when I saw this, I was a little confused because uh, you know I, Whitaker is coming off of a. You know, so not really devastating, but really just eye-opening, shocking loss to Driscus Duplessis. And I get he's the champion, but it, I, I think you would agree. In the way it happened, it was just like, wow. Like, he he got power-jabbed into oblivion, and he just yeah. wasn't taking punches well. And he didn't look like he was able to really manage the distance. And it just didn't look like the Robert Whitaker that we have known since, you know, he has... Be, become a part of the main event scene. He just didn't look like that same guy. And I don't know if that, I don't think it has anything to do with age or anything. I don't know. But Paulo Costa on the other side, a literal physical freak, a freak of nature, and a, just a large, large gentleman. Hasn't fought since he fought Luke Rockhold in 2022. So it's been a over year, a year. A year and a half. Yeah, a year and a half pretty much since he's gotten in there. And that Luke Rockhold fight was a little closer than it probably should have been. Uh, he he was lined up to remember when he was gonna fight Chamayev last year that would have been fucking awesome. He's supposed to fight Alaskarov. Uh, that yeah, that, that would have been awesome. Yeah, they. I mean, they, it always seems like they try to line him up to get killed. But him fighting Whitaker, it seems like the winner of this could definitely get a title shot, especially if it's Costa. Because if Driscus is the champion, he, they would want somewhat of a new blood in there as opposed to running back a rematch where Driscus kind of handled Robert. Uh, Ty, I guess I'd like to l leave it to you first to try to convince me why I shouldn't take Paulo Costa money line. Um, well, I think that the, the layoff is definitely something to sure. note. He um, he seems like more of like a social media influencer nowadays. nowadays. Like, um, you know, he's just big on social media and not fighting. But, I mean, watching him train, it definitely looks like, uh, you know, he's he, he's about it. He's legit. He's in good shape. And um, I don't know, man. He's supposed to be like a KO artist. But when's the last time he got a KO? It was a 20... 18 against um against Uriah Hall 20 2018 yeah 2018 yeah. against Uriah Hall who is a known quitter you know 
Uh, and before that was Johnny Hendricks, who was, you know, all, uh, wasn't on the juice anymore. And, uh, Gareth McClellan, he made his debut against Gareth McClellan, I believe, holds a, uh, he also has the same birthday as I do, has a, uh, win over Drickus Duplessis. Fun wow. fact. Um, so like, I'm just not convinced on his overall game. I think he, he, he's, he's so much bigger and stronger, I think, than Whitaker, who's, has fought at 170, doesn't have the long reach. He's kind of um, smallish. He's more predicated on speed, but I think he's starting to slow down a little bit. So that kind of makes me worried about his overall game. And um, I'm, I kind of don't know what's going to go. I don't really have a bet. If I had to take something, it would probably be Whitaker by decision. I don't know if he he, he says he's going to put, put Paulo Costa out, but when's the last time? Robert Whitaker knocked somebody out. Jacare Souza in 2017. So yeah. uh, they both they both have pretty good head kicks. That, that's something to know. They both have pretty good kicking game in general. Um, Robert Whitaker is really good takedown defense. So does Paulo Costa. So like you know who goes for the takedowns first probably would be Paulo. I think even though Whitaker, remember he had four against Izzy, four against Kelvin. Um, so I'm not sure. I, I, I think I'm kind of unsure in general. I can see how Paulo wins just because I think Whitaker is kind of starting to, you know, wind down in his career. I think he's probably at the tail end. He's lost two of his two of his last three. Um, it's only 33, you know, though. Right, and his, his losses recently have just been to Izzy and Drickus. You know, even back in the day when he lost to Wonderboy and a sp- split to Court McGee way back in the day. I can't even, can't even believe Whitaker was fighting in 2013 yeah. for UFC. We were in high school, so... Um, Man, yeah, I think Whitaker wins. That's my pick. I think he just uses the jab, uses his distance, his movement, his speed. I, I think he's going to be able to negate the big actions, the big movements from Paulo. But also, I think he's the better cardio. I don't know if Paul, Paulo is always kind of like cardio dumped before, you know. Yeah. So, um, I still am kind of torn just because I don't know. I don't know what we have from either either guy. So yeah, I'm going to go Whitaker decision, but. I'll have an official uh, bet. Nothing on the card. I am going to take Costa TKO plus 400. That number is Damn. way too hefty for me to pass on. I don't know how I feel about that wager just in general, but I, I, I just – and Costa is the kind of guy you don't know what version of him is going to show up. I mean, you remember the Vittori fight. He was supposed to be at 85. Then it wound up being like at 205 or 200. Yeah. Then they moved it like six different times. And then he fought like absolute dog shit, and it was, it was tough. It's you know, and then obviously the Israel fight where he shows up and he's he's basically drunk during the fight. It's like okay, uh, what what are we doing here? You know, you don't you really don't know what version of what guy's going to show up. Now I know he hasn't knocked the guy out since like you said 2018, but he does have 11 knockouts on his record, and I think him. Being the bigger guy, and if Whitaker's not going to try and push the pace, like I guess he's going to try and push the pace, but maybe take him down. And kind of, it's crazy that Whitaker has a longer reach than uh, Costa does. But yeah. I just, I just think that at some point, it, I don't know if this actually does happen, if the knockout does happen, but I think Whitaker is going to get hurt bad at one point, and I don't know if he's going to be able to recover because I just did not like the way he was taking those shots in that Driscus fight, and I think. I, I see a lot of, you know, uh, power similarities in Paulo Costa and Driscus Duplessis. It's a, a little bit different, but still, I mean, a jab, a power, you know, they call it a power jab, but it was kind of just a step-in jab, and, and that fucking wobbled him bad. So, I don't know. I'm going to go Paulo Costa 
TKO plus 400. And now we keep it moving. Jeff Neal, Ian Gary. This one has a little bit of heat behind a tie. Ian Gary wore the T-shirt with uh, Jeff Neal's mugshot on it and then proceeded to act like he didn't do anything wrong and that he was a victim, even though his wife made the T-shirt. And then his, Sean Strickland Auto came book. to the defense. Yeah, there was a lot of, of that going on. But Jeff Neal is a plus 190 underdog to Ian Gary's minus 230, 250. I really want to bet Jeff Neal here. I just don't trust that this is the spot to do it. I keep... You know, the thing is that uh, I, I keep when I want to fade Ian Gary is he he is getting better. You know, he's he looks better uh, through a couple of these fights. I mean, I think his best performance was the D Rod fight. I think he looked really good in that. The uh, Keenan Song fight, he <laughs> he got he got rocked. So that's what uh, kind of gives me. Out. <laughs> yeah, that was bad. It kind of gives me a little bit of like uh, what like that could happen here. You know, that definitely could. But I think he's going to be on his bike the whole time. And my official prediction is a probably Ian Gary boring decision where he's trying to back up. But I know Jeff Neal is going to be tracking him down the whole time. And I really would like to bet Jeff Neal TKO, but I'm just going to stay away probably. Yeah. I'm going to go Ian Gary decision. I think I think he um, – apparently he was also very nice to Jeff Neal. Before he made the mug shot, well, obviously you said his wife made the mug shot, so that makes sense. He's kind of just been a pawn most of his life. It seems like uh, you know he, he tries this cheap McGregor impression that's mm. really just bad. Um, did you see he might be too big to go back to Ireland now? That's what he, that's oh, what he no, said. I did he, not see that. He no. fears how, how he you, fears that he's going to get too big, but so that he can't have a fight in Ireland. So make that make <laughs> sense. Yeah, how, whatever that even means, yep. I'm not sure. If that's the, also, I'm not sure anybody is too big to go back to Ireland. Are you kidding me? That place is amazing. Uh, however, he um, he has a bunch of finishes on his record, but he doesn't really chase it. That's why I feel com- comfortable with the, the decision play here. I mean, this last fight against uh, Neil Magny, that was just – I mean, he could have knocked him out with light kicks, and uh, he didn't. So yeah. the D-Rock fight was quick. Sure, the Kanan Song fight almost went the distance. Uh, the Gabe Green and Darian Weeks fights did go the distance. Jordan Williams almost got out of the first round. Uh, who, he was actually having some success in that first round against Ian Gary, too. So I worry when he runs into somebody who's a better striker than Jeff Neal. Jeff Neal kind of just has that left hook. That's pretty much it. Uh, I mean, he does look like he's in his best shape. He talked about how he had sepsis and a heart failure and COVID during uh, that time a couple years ago. So that's terrifying. I just, you know, coming back from that seems a little difficult, in my opinion. Um, he, he has the hard hooks. He has legit KO power, but he just headhunts. Doesn't go to the body. Doesn't go to the legs. He's pretty much 80% to the head in every single fight besides his first two, which ended quickly. So uh, sometimes 80, 85, 90% to the head. So, I mean, he does have a good head kick. We've seen him actually throw that before, the left head kick. But he also slows down a lot in fights. He's also very inconsistent. We sometimes just get different versions of him in different fights. Um the, uh, the 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 Neil Magny when he fought Neil Magny that fight was really bad he looked like shit and then he looked pretty good against he looked amazing against Vicente Luque and then uh, you know got dominated by Shavkat I don't hold that against him at all but no. uh, even the Pons fight was very very close he could have even lost that one and then remember he starched Mike Perry so again it's just back and forth yep. with him and um, I don't know I can't trust him he's at you know he's getting older um, I just you know. 
I don't think he has enough here to really get it. He's really just going to have to land a huge shot, which yeah. I hope happens, and I think it happen. But uh, Ian Gary keeps it. He keeps it on the outside. He's got clean technical striking, good distance management, good kicks. He mixes up where he kicks. Kind of goes high, goes low, goes to the the body. Yep. Um, so at least I like that. I don't. Th- I don't think Ian Gary's hands or um, aggressiveness are great. I don't know if he's championship caliber. We need to see him take a big step. If he knocks Jeff Neal out early, that's a huge step. You know, if he just kind of unloads a barrage of shots on him, I think that would be yeah. a statement for sure. But no, I, I think he's gonna win by decision. And um, I'm going to put that on the card. Uh, I, I like that. And I think this fight, I, I just refuse to bet Ian Gary now. I, I hate him so much that I just, I can't do it. But I do like that bet uh, by itself. Ian Gary by decision is plus 150. So oh, yeah. I think this fight could look a lot like the, um, what's it called? Wonder Boy fight uh, with Jeff Neal, where it just kind of, you know, keeps him on the outside, lands his shots. You know, do, does what he needs to do and gets the victory. You know what? I am going to bet I that. I like it. I, I'm going to take Gary. Decision. Plus 150. Yeah, he's probably just going to be outstruck, out, outpaced. And honestly, like, it, fight, I, I, now I'm viewing it as, like, if I win, if he does what I think he's going to do, then I win money. If not, and he gets knocked out, then I'm I happy, too. So, uh, that's and uh, like you said though he I could see him where he lands a shot on on Neil and Neil starts doing the chicken dance you know and you're like oh my god but yeah. I mean really what are the chance like he sh- he couldn't the thing is I have to it's one of them things where I'm willing to bet and lose because I have to see it happen I have to see him after what he just did to Neil Magny and like having the basically fighting a guy on one leg and you can't get him out of there. I need to see yeah. you do you know get a guy out of there before I start believing in you again. So there's the future, and uh, let's keep it moving. Marab Davalishvili, uh, I you know I, this is a man I had the pleasure of seeing in person get submitted by Ricky Simone back in the day. Man, what a what what a Very night that was! Fight. Very end of the fight, Mark Goddard comes in says, "If he's out, he's out. He can't fight." And then they call the fight. <laughs> awesome. Cash out my Ricky Simone. Uh, I believe it was like plus 700. It was something crazy. Submission. Because I was in the building just betting crazy shit. Marab Davalashvili is fighting Henry Cejudo. All or nothing Henry Cejudo, who fired his coach on the countdown, then said it was fake, <laughs> which it wasn't. And then they had that little weirdo Captain America on... Uh, you know, Ariel's interviewing him and stuff, and he's like, "Oh, well, it's real." And uh, you know, these those guys both fucking suck. I hate both of them. <laughs> so I would love, literally, love to bet Henry Cejudo in this spot because it seems like this is the one guy, in theory, that could stop Marab's game, which is kind of just a pressure wrestling heavy sort of game where you're re- you're fighting a, you know. Olympic wrestler and a guy who should be able to keep up with you for 15 minutes all in that, you know, department, a guy who has been a double champ and all the things like that. But Ty, I just don't trust that that will, that they'll be able, that'll be able to happen here or that Henry Cejudo is still that guy that could do something like that. I mean, maybe three years ago, I probably would be betting Henry Cejudo, no doubt, but Cejudo's plus 180, 175 to Davalos Minus one ten two or minus two ten two twenty. I should say. Uh, I I don't know. I, I would love to bet Cejudo. I, this is either a Cejudo or no bet for me. Yeah, um, this would be an interesting fight. I don't know if I. I don't. I don't think I have a play on it. Um, 
just because it's, I don't know. I don't know what we have here. I mean, it seems like they're similar styles. Cejudo is probably the better wrestler, but he's really, uh, he's really wearing down. He hasn't fought in a little bit. Last time it was against uh, Aljo, who trains with Marab, so maybe that works in Marab's favor. They know him very well. Uh, you know, getting rid of his coach seems odd. Um, I just think he's declined his his output, his athleticism, and I think he's kind of just like a little a little bit washed up. Um, he does have there's good light kicks, and that's gonna be huge here to try to slow down Marab and do something because uh, you know I, I don't think Cejudo's hands are amazing. Not that Marab's are either, but Marab's been hurt a lot multiple times, I should say, and he's just powers through it. You know, he's he's so tough and and also tough to just deal with. I mean, how many takedowns did he attempt in that fight? Was it 49 against um against Piotr Jan? I think so. That, 40, that was... He was 11 of 49. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, his takedown average, yeah, what is he? A while he? ago, though. It was a little bit. Yeah, he averages six and a half takedowns landed per 15 minutes, which is just a crazy stat. It's also number two on this card behind Fluffy Hernandez, which is even more crazy. Um he had back-to-back fights where he landed 12 takedowns against Casey Kenny and poor Gustavo Lopez. Um, he's gotten better. His hands have gotten better. His overall game has gotten better. His cardio, his jab, his chain wrestling—he just has this like has this like um, this like cauldron of activity and movement and Unbelievable. just pace and pressure. And it's just too much to deal with. I think Sudo, in his older age, as he's slowing down uh, figuratively and literally. I think it's gonna be too much. I think he's gonna tire out from all this activity, and I think uh, I think Marab takes the decision. I'm not gonna bet it just because I'm not I'm not really sure what's gonna happen. I don't feel that confident, but that's just my uh, that's my gut. I think he's gonna 29, 28, and maybe he loses the first round or something. You know, maybe Henry can win a round. Maybe it's a a split. But uh, I got I got Marab here. I will say I didn't like how uh, Cejudo looked in the Aljamain fight overall. But I do acknowledge the fact that it was difficult for him to take Sterling down because Sterling is so much bigger than him and so much longer as a human being than him. So it was kind of more more difficult. I I I mean, if I go through it, this is what the only thing that stops me from really feeling good, like confident about this, is that Sahuda is now thirty seven years old. I didn't realize that, like you know how old he actually is getting, and taking those three years off is was not. You know, ideal, and he was coming off of a three-year layoff. <clears throat> excuse me, in that Sterling fight. So I don't want to. <coughs> shit, sorry. Excuse me. Uh, I don't want to hold that oh. against him all that much. But you go through the different things. Would you say that Cejudo is a better wrestler than uh, Marab? Yeah, I think Marab also said that he's probably the better wrestler in this matchup, which is interesting, but. It, you know, it's just a different kind of wrestling, you know? Sure, sure. I, I don't understand necessarily the uh, intricacies, but uh, they both land takedowns at about 30, 34, 35%. So, you know, they don't really care for the percent. They're, they're just trying to get you down. If it's not first, second, third, fourth, fifth, it's going to be that sixth attempt where they get you down. And then, you, you know, it's the ability of not, the inability of getting back up that's really is going to hurt their opponents. So it's going to be interesting to see who really wins the battle here of who, who can hold who against the cage, who can get who down. I just think Marab will be able to eventually because, again, I think Henry, his athleticism has been able to, you know, he, he can stave off a single leg while he's hopping around on the other leg. I don't know if that's something he can really do anymore. You know, I don't know if he can throw shots while he's getting taken down. 
But I do think he can make his close and interesting. I think he can definitely take a round or two. I'm just, uh, I guess, just wait and see mode, really. Yeah, no, and that's that's a fair uh, assessment. Would you say that Suhudo's a better striker? Um, I would. I uh, yeah, maybe, yeah, probably right. I think he's he's not by a crazy better, amount, but I think hands. He's, yeah. But um, yeah. So you, you, it's just, it's it's just the. The cardio. I think the cardio is what the, the yeah, like that yeah. tenacity and, he's and relentless. Yeah, really, kind of like Fluffy in a way. You know, I don't Fluffy Hernandez. Does he have the best striking ever? No, it's improving. Is he physically? He's never looked. I mean, you know, he's not jacked out of his mind for a middleweight. But what does Fluffy Hernandez do? He's got that unrelentless cardio and just dynamic ability to take you where he wants to take you and once he gets you there it's 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 tough man he like Piotr Jan man he couldn't even get any opportunity to reset and keep the fight at striking range no. let alone you know extended striking exchanges so you know I'm not sure what Cejudo is going to do here I, I don't know I'm actually I, very it's the, un- unsure it's the ultimate uh like co- like conversation that I always used to have about Habib which, you know, they're not the same. I'm not saying that. But I, I just think in the sense that in order to beat a guy like uh, Marab or Habib who are putting constant pressure on you and you're backing up, you have to back them up. Somehow, some way, you have to put pressure on them. You have to be the aggressor because they will not know what to do if you are pushing them back. So I don't know if he's going to be able to do that. You can't be getting pushed up against the fence the entire time. And that's what those guys do. Those hard, you know, chain wrestlers who will do everything they can to get you to the ground. They are just going to push you up against the fence. Work, work for the takedown constantly, 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 constantly. So that is the that you have to do something about that to back them up and maybe you know I don't know if it's if it's hurt them or what it is. But I, I another thing I can't get out of my head is Marlon Marais having Marab going crazy all over the place. I mean he was fall. How many times did he knock him down during that fight? That was insane. Where he just I was kept nervous. He just kept falling down. That I was, was like, wild. Yeah, <laughs> I need him in my parlay. I was like there's there's no way this guy survives the next minute and he, he, he couldn't even stand now you know i, I was like yeah this, couldn't is, believe this it. is long long over but we made it how about i'm gonna go henry cejudo money line plus 190 damn triple c i just you know i i don't know he's also looking at retirement just letting you know i know it's it's and it's always that's always a, a negative for me i just think this is a good matchup for him if i really do i think if anybody's going to beat Marab, the way I'm looking at it is if anybody's going to beat Marab, it's it's Henry Cejudo, really, because I don't know who else at 35 beats him. And Sugar Sean, Sugar, I don't know. That's going to be uh, is he going to be able? To, he's not going to be able to keep him off of him. I, re- I really flying knee knockout. That that's the thing. He's going to have to hurt him on the way in, and it's going to have to get really ugly in there. And Marab is hilarious. Though. Have you seen some of the shit he's been putting on uh, Twitter, the videos and stuff? <laughs> yeah. I kind of like it. Uh, what was the one? I fuck. I forget. <laughs> fuck. I was just talking about it with I, either you or somebody else. I thought he. I, I thought I brought up something that he tweeted. I could be. You wrong. saw the one video of him, like how these people think I'm training, how these people think I'm training, and it's like all the different people, like how people in Georgia think I'm training, and he's like out in the snow, like hitting pads and stuff like that. It's, yeah. Oh, here's the one where he's always watching how Cejudo trains. Yeah. He's like doing some weird shit with Figgy. He's like. Grabbing him and smacking him and touching him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
right, yeah, I know. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, but also Marab, Marab, and Ilya, two Georgians, looking to get some uh, get some W's for the country for their homeland. Yeah, I'm fading so both of them. I, I don't feel good about I either one. It. I don't feel good about any of my bets. There's not one bet that I'm like, wow. <laughs> my, my my gold star bet's coming up, but it's we're not there yet. How about your boy, Anthony Fluffy Hernandez, getting in there against Roman Kopilov. Roman Kopilov is a plus 200 underdog to Fluffy's minus one. I'm sorry, minus 245 to 50. So, you know, Fluffy is a considerable favorite here in this fight. These guys are basically the same size, close to the same age. Kopilov's a little bit older. Uh, Kopilov would probably have the striking advantage, probably, right? I mean, I, I don't. I mean, I think it's probably close, but I think Fluffy's definitely going to have the grappling uh, advantage for sure. He's coming yeah. off of that win against Edmund Shabazian, where he was bouncing his head off the canvas. <laughs> At the end of that fight. He fucking smoked him. Yeah. I still am a little mad at uh, Fluffy for not finishing that Josh Frem fight. But, you know, what are you going to do? That was bad, yeah. yeah. That was what are you going to do? You can't you can't win them all. But Josh Frem's a big fucking... He really is. The big yens, dude. <laughs> the big yens is no joke. Kopilov has 11 KOs on his record. And Kopilov did just get the big yens out of there. Uh, for the yeah, record. he did. He, you know, that was in what? Or in the liver. In September, I think. Yeah, the Grosso Shevchenko too. Okay, that's right. I was at Dave and Buster's that night. That's from, for the you know a little inside baseball for the people out there. Oh right? yeah, and, uh, Dave Buster's fun. They loved love D and B's, dude. It's like it's like a kid casino. So and I'm still a kid at heart. How about Roman Kopilov? Do you? I, I, obviously, I think you're gonna bet uh, Fluffy Hernandez here. I think that's just you know you you're not gonna be able to turn your back on uh, Fluffy like that. But uh, do you do you think uh, do you give Kopilov a chance here? Um. You know, it depends. I mean, if, if it stays standing for extended periods of time, probably. I think we've seen Fluffy get hurt multiple times. I mean, Jun Young Park was piecing him up in the first round with the hands. Kevin Holland only took one clinch knee to, to shut uh, Fluffy Hernandez down. Um, the Barrio fight was on the feet anyway, striking-wise, was close-ish. Evan Shabazian did decent work, but honestly, I think Fluffy's improved his stand-up a yeah. little bit. Each fight, I think he used to kind of just be a guy who would blitz for blitz forward, blitz towards you. He wants you to back up against the cage, and then he works to try to wrestle you, take you down. He has different kind of entries. Sometimes he doesn't, you know, he has fifty seven percent takedown accuracy, and that that just means he's chaining them together. He's he's getting six point seven nine takedowns per fifteen, a little bit more than Marab, which is crazy, especially at middleweight. Having that pace, having that that output wrestling-wise at middleweight. He has a positive striking ratio, so at least there's that. I think his jab and his straight right have, have, have gotten a lot better. He was doing some work against Edmund and Marc-Andre Barrio with that. But it's just a bit, his ability to get the fight to the ground um, and his just his different kinds of front chokes. I went back and watched a bunch of them. I mean, the arm triangle he got on Marc-Andre Barrio was nasty. He put him to sleep. Adolfo Vieira made Adolfo Vieira tap. Could, I still can't believe he made him tap. Uh, put, I believe he put Jung Young Park out. I think actually Jung Young Park might have tapped, but he might have been one out cold. Yeah, he's just relentless with these. You know, he's a very different fighter than he was against Marcus Maluco Perez, where he got anaconda himself. Um, he's come a long way. He's thirty, right? I believe he's thirty. And uh, physically, he was called fluffy because he had that kind of you know kind of had a little belly to him, or just you know didn't really have many abs. And he's looking a little different physically now. He's he's kind of getting in better shape. Uh, I think his cardio is going to be huge here. Roman Kopilov. I do like what he's been doing. He has three straight second-round knockouts, four straight knockouts. But 
you know, DiHarico, Punaheli, Soriano, Ribeiro, and that fight was pretty close up until the head that that kick, and then Josh Friend, low level of opponents. I mean, his takedown to defense ninety two percent. But who has he fought that wrestles besides Carl Roberson, who, by the way, him put out. him out, yeah, choked him out badly. Um, uh, Duraev, that you know, who, who wasn't even a wrestler. He's one of the non wrestling Russians, and he took him down. He almost had him in a rear naked choke, I believe. Um, so while I do, you know see that he's only been taken down twice. He's only really been, ta- you know, seriously attempted to be taken down a couple of times. I think, um, I think fluffy gets his fight to the ground quick, easily. And I think he chokes him out, subs him quick, easily. I guess, I guess I could see fluffy does love those elbows. He does love throwing elbows on the ground, but man, he is really just trying to set up any kind of situation where you, you give him your neck and he's taking it. He's taking it. I, I don't really have much else to say in this fight. I do like Kapilov's power in his light kicks and his hands, but you know, Fluffy has been hurt to the body just multiple times in general. So that's something to notice. But also, Roman Kapilov's cardio isn't great. He has his hands down, has his hands on his hips a lot. I think Fluffy ragdolls him and dominates him on the ground. Second round, sub. So you're putting sub on the, on the card? Yep. Sub plus 200. For Fluffy Hernandez, I am not going to take that. I am a coward, but I am going to take Fluffy Hernandez inside the distance plus 105. I just, that that elbow, the situation that you just said kind of scared me off. And I could see a situation where he just kind of, like, Kopilov kind of just shells up and is just taking shots from behind and it's just, you know, can't do anything about it. So, I don't know. I, 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 it's, if it was, if it, if that, Submission was anything above like 250, like into the 300, I would be taking that no problem. But the the plus 100 difference is not enough for me to uh, really be all that worried about. So I'll take the thing that I th- feel more confident in inside the distance, plus 105. And that's the main card, ladies and gentlemen. We now move on to the prelims section of this card. We now have Amanda Lemos. Amanda Lemos. She's getting in there against Mackenzie Dern, who just revealed that she has a boyfriend. And I know a lot of people out there are probably all upset. Guys who had no chance at, uh, you know. That's me. Yep. Uh, well, you know. And we'll see if her accent comes back. She is now dating a Brazilian gentleman. So we <laughs> shall see. Uh, Mackenzie Dern is coming off of uh, an, uh, her getting eliminated by Jessica Andrade in November on the Prohashka Pajeda uh, card. This That's like, you know. My, the most, the biggest lock of all time that that was going to happen. But Amanda Lemos, Amandinha, she is coming off of a loss to Zhang Wei Li in a title fight the night of the Sterling O'Malley card. So I guess, Ty, I'll just leave this off because this one's easy for me. This might be my first double whammy of the year, uh, and uh, I'll feel pretty good about it. I will, do, I will double whammy this one. I am going to go Amanda Lemos, Moneyline. At minus 130, and I am also going to go Amanda Lemos inside the distance, plus 150. Because her TKO is plus 200, 150 is not that far off. I'll take them both, inside the distance and money line. I think she knocks her out, but... You think there's a chance she gets a sub? I I mean... I doubt it, but I think it could be like a thing where she's hurt, and she doesn't really know what's going on, and then she gets a, a choke cinched in real quick, and then it's like, ah, like that... That's the stuff that just infuriates me where I'm like – because you, like you just said, like you don't think it could happen, but 
you know, I, I just don't think that the more important thing to me is the numbers aren't all that different so that it, like it wouldn't, you know, it's only pl- plus 50 difference for, you know, the TKO and the inside the distance. I kind of would just basically paying for insurance there. So I'll take the plus 150. Yeah. Um, yeah, she probably, I mean, I can't believe she got knocked down four times in that, um, in that fight against Andrade. Um, yeah, I mean, Dern's been working on her wrestling. I mean, her takedown landed, her takedown accuracy, fourteen percent is is something. I mean, she doesn't have Jason Perilla in her corner anymore. I do see that they're still training together, apparently. So that's good, I guess. I mean, her new trainer is now her new boyfriend, Antonio Tricoli, who uh, won a contender series fight, and then he pissed nuclear hot. So uh, <laughs> he didn't. Uh, he didn't. He didn't end up making his debut. He's actually supposed to fight against OSP at two eighty two. He was one of like the fifteen. OSP opponents who had to pull out. He had uh, quote unquote visa issues, and then he got released. Ovens so, BBL um, Saint Peru. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so her new boyfriend has had uh, you know some issues, I guess. Um, she's coming off a KO loss against another hard hitter here. Alemos has some serious power. Um, Dern doesn't also check light kicks at all. I think Amanda Lemos has just a huge, huge uh, advantage on the feet here. I mean. She is coming off a title shot where she got absolutely beat from pillar to post against Wei Li, but that's a much different animal here. I mean, I, I will say Lemos's cardio has never really been good past one, one and a half rounds. You know, she has these big moments, but sometimes, usually, her volume's low. Uh, she has offensive grappling success, but sometimes has holes in the defensive grappling. Remember, Andrade arm triangled, arm triangled her standing up. That's something you just you never see. So, um, also, remember her, she made her debut. Leslie Smith absolutely smoked her against the cage with elbows. So, very hot and cold fighter. I think she's kind of been the beneficiary of some, you know, low-level uh, stress of schedule, I guess. Miranda Granger, Mizuki Inouye, Lavinia Sosa, Montserrat Canejo. Remember that? That was, like, yeah. one of my biggest bets ever. <laughs> I was like, yeah, she's going to kill this chick. Uh, and then Angela Hill. I mean, that was a close fight. Uh, the Michelle Waterson fight was close-ish until the sub. The Marina fight was close until she knocked her out. So I don't know, man. I, I'm not too sold on Amanda Lemos. She is getting older. She's 36. She's going to be 37 soon. I think Marin- Mackenzie's probably in her prime, but like I don't even know what that even is. Uh, maybe she's not in her prime. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how to gauge any of her uh, any of her fights, really. I, I've never really been able to. Uh, the only one, I would say, is Nina Nunes. That's the only fight I've been able to really nail down. I think Brandon Marcos, too. But those are low-level opponents, and you know she hasn't got a a sub since T- Nina Nunes in twenty twenty one. So almost three years. I don't I don't know if she can sub Lemos. I you know Lemos was taken down at will against Whaley. If Mackenzie can just get her down once, just one time, it's over probably, right? You think? Mm. But I don't know. I I I don't. I, I she was threatening them submissions from the bottom that whole time. Uh, in that Wei Li fight, I mean, there was a couple. I don't know what she almost had in at one point. Maybe it was like a rear, not a rear naked, but maybe a guillotine. I don't know. I just feel I have confidence that Amanda Lemos's defensive grappling is going to be enough to keep this fight where she needs it to be, and she'll, at, at the very least, win the decision. Because I have no faith in Mackenzie Dern's MMA game at all. Yeah, I have no pick here. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Honestly, I could see multiple things happen. I'm gonna stay away, but I do think I do think Lemos gets the win. That's, that would be my safe pick. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it's I think it's a safe pick. And now 
we move on to Mr. Clean getting in there. Marcos Ruggiero de Lima. I say that because he is so bald. So bald. Doesn't even have a, a, a stubble of hair on his head. Again, on his topology picture, at least. Uh, he's fighting Justin Taffa, who's 7-3. and three. Seems like I've seen this man fight 15 times, but he only has, you know. Could be Junior. It, well, it could be Junior as well, but he has eight fights in the UFC. Eight. Seven, three, and well, oh, and one. Because one of them was a no contest, which was the Austin Lane getting it, poking his eye out of his head. That was nasty. That was and then he comes back and just eliminates Austin Lane. I think I had Austin Lane um, in the first fight. And I, I think I might have taken him in the second one. Oh, oh, I did. I did. Believe me. I, I remember <laughs> being very upset. But, again, this is this is a Justin Taffa who was eliminated by Jorgen DeCastro. Uh, who bro, bro, lost, I just watched that fight, yeah, too. <laughs> yeah, who lost to Jared Vander, uh, 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 who also lost to Carlos. That's right. Carlos <sighs> Felipe. That was bad. That, that one was, was really very bad. bad. <laughs> who just lost in... Uh, ACA, that's right, to uh, Salim Gurev, 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 Ruslov. So Carlos Felipe is continuing his career. Yeah. So that's still going on. Uh, Rogerio de Lima is coming off of getting his skull caved in by a Derek Lewis flying knee and having teeth, his teeth rattled out of his head. So Ty really yeah. don't know what to bet here. I mean, Tafa is a plus 115, 120. Underdog to Ruggiero de Lima's minus 140, 145. Uh, I would love to bet de Lima here, but this seems like the perfect situation for Tafa to just crack a guy who's huge and watch him fall. Yeah, that could happen. I guess it's, it's <laughs> one of them's going to go out, right? So um, hopefully I'm on the right, the right side of the history books here. I'm going to go Ruggiero de Lima inside the distance. Wow. Um, TKO or sub. I'm not sure which one, but. Um, remember he, he choked out Arlovsky, knocked out Rothwell. So he's had some, definitely he's had some, uh, some good moments for sure. Um, he's not the best, um, not the best heavyweight all around. I, you know, I, there's, there's definitely parts of his game I don't love. Um, he swings and hits hard, but he's not the best striker striker. You know, he, he definitely has great light kicks. Remember he fought Waldo Cortez Acosta. He was eating him up yeah. with those light kicks. I'm not sure if he does that here, just in case he gets countered on the light kicks, you know? That, that's definitely something to watch out for. I think July from last July to now, I think it's a decent amount of time off. I don't know if it's enough or too much or too little. I, I have no idea, but I feel like it's a good amount. Uh, we'll be interested to see if he tries to wrestle another hard-hitting striker here. He's been matched up with a couple. I, I, if he does, I feel like he should have easy success. I don't. Justin Toff hasn't really fought anybody who wrestles or who will look to wrestle, right? Yeah, his takedown defense is 100%, but like, I think I – yeah. The only times anybody's attempted to take down Harry Hunsucker and Carlos Felipe, both over one. Like, there's not really any wrestlers that he's fought. Uh, Delima can have easy, easy. He wants to wrestle Derek Lewis. He just got caught with that flying knee. Yeah, kind of like Ben Askren. Shout out. Um, it is weird that Tafa was what three zero when he fought Jorgen DeCastro, and he got slept <laughs> bad, so bad. <laughs> so bad. I mean, he, he was doing pretty well, and then just got absolutely slept. Jorgen DeCastro is not UFC level. No. We knew that. Um, Tafa does have a pretty good boxing background. His grandfather was a champion at light heavyweight. I think one of his uncles fought Mark Hunt in K1. So, you know, it does have that long lineage of, of just striking, really boxing, kickboxing. And, um, yeah, I just, more ways to win for Delima. I hope this doesn't go 15 minutes for everybody's sake. Um, how many times has Tafa went the distance twice and he lost decisions both time, 
the guys that he should not lose to. I mean, Jared Vander almost doubling him up in strikes is is brutal. So, um, negative striking ratio. I guess Algeria De Lima's is is much better than that, at least. Yeah, I'm gonna go Algeria De Lima pays out inside the distance. I I feel like he should be able to to just you know not get hit with a big left hook a couple minutes in, and then he should be fine. I I'm gonna do it. And I don't care what the people say out there. I don't care what anyone says. I'm going Marcos Ruggiero de Lima by submission plus 600. That Oof. number is just too high for me to pass it. Along, I've taken too many safe bets here. All these inside the distances. I want to take a wild card, and I'm taking de Lima by submission plus 600. I like it. That's a big like number, a Ty. Yeah, and you know he's he's again. What kind of grappling, wrestling success or, or successful defense has Tough ever encountered? You know, probably literally none. Meanwhile, Hajario De Lima has had some. You know, he's been submitted five times, but that that's in my opinion that's fine because. And again, the one Romanov forearm choke was pretty bad. Uh, you know, getting forearm choked is not a good look. Uh, Stefan Struve, Struve arm triangled him, but that's a seven footer. He got OSP'd. That's there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. Antigulov used to submit guys a lot. Nikita Krilov, he's a submission artist. You know what I mean? Like he's faced and got a lot yeah. of submission artists. Even back uh, on the Ultimate Fighter when he fought Shoeface, he got rear naked choke. Shoeface is a jujitsu legend. So I don't really hold that against him. I just think that he's kind of, he's at ATT. He's had a lot of work, a lot of practice, a lot of just experience with the grappling wrestling. I like that a lot. Honestly, I would take it. Uh, I just think maybe he, you know, maybe uh, Tafa like flops around to his back and kind of gets tied to Ivasid where he doesn't know what he's doing down there. And instead of the obvious sub, he just he just turtles up and covers up and gets just gets ground and pounded. But I do love the, yeah. the plus six hundred. That's awesome. a big number. That, but I could easily see like that's why I know like it's definitely a risk to not take the inside the distance. But I just because I mean I'm also sitting here thinking why would I take it to the distance when it's also possible that Delima's head could get knocked off of his shoulders by Tafa and I'll just be like wow I mean it won't really matter then either way either way what I took so Tafa missed weight one time uh, it's definitely notable for that because uh, heavy <laughs> so heavyweight it's really hard to miss weight at heavyweight but yep you only uh, have a 50 pound allowance pretty much so 60 <laughs> pound allowance so. Uh, somewhere in between that uh, area, you should be able to be good to go. How about Japanese Connor Rinya Nakamura getting in there against former uh, Connor student uh, Pequeno Carlos Vera, who was on the Ultimate Fighter at the age of 35, which was pretty wild. And then he got cooked by Brad Katona. We needed a third round uh, in that one, but oh, that's according to Connor. But then he was supposed to fight. Uh, Daniel Marcos. Then he was going to fight in CFFC in Atlantic City in December, and that got canceled. And then he gets the call up here for February against Rinya Nakamura. I don't know if I would have picked the phone up for this one. He is a plus <laughs> 700 underdog, I believe is what I saw. 775, 750 to Rinya Nakamura's minus 1200, 1400. So we're really not even close. It's kind of a conversation of how do we make money here? What should we bet? Nakamura TKO is plus 125. His submission is plus 275. Inside the distance is minus 175. Uh, Ty, what what do we like here? Is there anything that you could... Is, is a first round bet 
something that we could possibly get involved in, or is that you know a little too ambitious? Um, I mean, Vera's been subbed twice. He hasn't been knocked out. I think that could obviously change here. He wasn't knocked out by Katona on the Ultimate Fighter. Um, or, you know, he's been he's been submitted by has it been low level opponents? Yeah, it looks like low level guys anyway. So I don't know. I I feel like this is probably unbettable just because I you know I'm kind of I don't know what Nakamura is going to do. I mean, he's obviously got that wrestling background. He's probably the best road to the UFC guy that there is. I think. Yeah. Um, good southpaw striking, good power, good speed. Swings a little wild, overextends a little bit, but just has some re- recent three round experience, so that's good. And uh, he seems to be smart. You know, he's very green, but very smart. Very uh, high IQ in, in the way he grabs your ankle or grabs this. Like when he fought Fernie, and he was you know struggling a little bit, he was still managing a way to advance position, get him down, and stuff like that. So, um, I mean, what you know, Vera tra- trains with Ryan Hall, so that's good, right? Um, yeah, <laughs> that's really all I got for uh, for Vera. I think Nakamura finishes him. Um, yeah, I think he probably knocks him out. Maybe, and then ground and pound, if that's a thing, but he might just knock him out clean. I'm not, I'm not too sure. I mean, Ryan, this guy's 36 years old. I'm going the hybrid by knockout. No no bet, though. I'm going to take Rinya Nakamura around 1 or 2 minus 140 here on the card. All right. uh, I, I, don't, I, I don't know what. Really, I would like to take something that's more profitable. Probably the submission is in the plus 300 range. That's something that I would really like to bet, but again, I don't. we don't know enough about Nakamura, and I didn't like... How he really wasn't able to get that. I mean, he should. I, th- I think he should get the finish here because I don't. This is more of an anti-Carlos Vera bet, if anything. Uh, I just didn't like how he wasn't really able to get that finish against Fernie Garcia the way he probably should have. So we will keep it moving, ladies and gentlemen. We are almost towards the end here. There's a lot of fights. What was there twelve fights? We spent a lot of time on those uh, main card fights, but they deserved it to be honest. How about Ming Yang Zhang? Zhang. Wow, that is a large Chinese gentleman, man. Mountain Tiger. It's very rare that you get the uh, Chinese fighters at the uh, upper, like, you know, 205 and up weight class. Yeah. Truly. Uh, he's from the road to the UFC, I guess. He knocked uh, George Tokos out. Uh, Tuko. Tuko Tokos. Tuko Tokos. Wow. All right. So that where's he from? He's from the uh, from London. London. Yeah. From London. His head coach is Henry Hooft. He, uh, what was that, 2022, though? Hmm. That's a little question. It's been a while. He was supposed to fight Tyson Pedro. That got canceled. He was supposed to fight Ribeiro. That got canceled. And then he's fighting Ribeiro this weekend. That's right. Fighting Brenson Ribeiro, who I am trying to remember the last time that I saw him fight. Bruno Lopez on the Contender Series. Okay. That was... It was the same card as uh, City, Sergei City, Gene oh, okay. Silva, our boy. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. This guy's pretty good. Uh, I, I I like uh, Ribeiro's game, but I don't know if I'm going to bet anything here with just the unknown uh, of both. Well, you should definitely take the under. Okay. Um, oh, God, somebody's going to get a little Yeah, Zhang has been finished five times, has zero decision wins. Ribeiro has been finished oh four God. times, zero decision wins. If you, if you if you take a little glance at Ming Yang Zhang, if you look take a look at his record, there he is. Askar Mosarov, one punch knocked out. Ming Yang Zhang a while back. That's your boy. That's our boy, Mr. Askar Mosarov. Apparently, he was 13 and 10 at the time. Mr. <laughs> I believe he was, what, 25 and 8, 25 and 6. Now he's 17 and 14. So I'm yeah. glad we got that. I'm glad we got that cleaned up. 
Um, there's a whole video on YouTube about the career of Ashkar Moserov. Moserov. It's pretty good. It's just kind of funny how this even happened. Uh, <laughs> but he smoked Mr. Mr. Zhang a while ago. He was like, was that? He was like 19 or 20. Um, so you know, it's a while. Oh, no. It was a long time ago. I changed my mind. I changed my mind. <laughs> I bet in Brentson uh, Ribeiro. This guy. This I just looked at this guy's whole like record and this whole catalog. And, yeah, it's just not. I mean, we're talking about. <laughs> A couple years ago, he was fighting guys who were six and nine, one and three. Like that's you can't be yeah. in the UFC, and then you're fighting a guy like you know this guy is not exactly. I mean, he's in, he's the favorite. This Zhang guy is the favorite here. So maybe yeah, listen, I, if you if you have an extensive history in Wu Lin Feng, which is WLF MMA, uh, the the odds are you fought nobody good. Uh, that's just I mean, dude, he got choked out by a zero and zero fellow when he was seven and five. Uh, Moseroff, he got one punch knocked out by. Like I know, that, again, this is a while ago, but on this heater of a heat of a winning streak he's on, who is he really beat besides Tuko Tokos, who's not good at all, really? Um, I will say both guys in their last fight, Zhang against Tokos, he was a big underdog, and Ribeiro, when he was on the Contender Series against Bruno Lopez, was a big underdog. How how funny is that? They, they both been knocked out a bunch, no no decision wins. Both were big underdogs in their last fight. Um. <laughs> I don't think anybody really knows what's going to happen here, but no. I got I got a double whammy. Wow! I got, I got to make up for last time. I got to do it. So I'm going to go. I'm going to go under here. I'm going to go under. Uh, is one and a half a thing? It's yeah. I'm going to go under. <laughs> under a half a round oh. at plus one seventy five. <laughs> it's a little. It's a little much. I know. It's a little much. I'm going to see if either of them, how often they've hit that. <laughs> Hopefully they have hit that. Yeah, it seems like it seems like we kind of got some... Uh... <laughs> of Wind's going to come through and they're both going <laughs> to hit the ground. They're going to have to do a, like a WWE 10 count to get them up. <laughs> but Mark Goddard's going to be like, if you can't fight, you can't continue. <laughs> um, <laughs> should I, not, I, don't know, I feel like a half, under a half round is a little, a little... Yeah, I'm going to do it. Fuck it. I'm going to do under a half round and I'm going to do... Brenton Ribeiro, inside the distance. Let's do it. Inside the distance is plus 120. We are both on that, and we keep it moving, ladies and gentlemen, to Josh <laughs> Quinlan, Danny Barlow. Uh, left, ha- <laughs> left hand to God. That's, uh, yeah. that's your boy's nickname? Yep. So he's coming off of a contender series knockout of Raheem Forrest. He, is, I mean, he is what four knockouts on his record. He's seven and zero. This is a fight of guys who are very uh, new, newish in the game. Mister Josh Quinlan's coming off of a loss to Trey Waters. Trey Waters, that is who I don't even remember this fight at all. Where was where was I, I this night? What? Oh, what? <laughs> you must have been sleeping that yeah, night. I must have been. It was a song. I'm, yeah, song. I honestly, I don't remember the Song Yudong and Ricky Simone fight. I don't <laughs> even know if we did a pod about this whole pod. I, I, think, I think we were <laughs> like out 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 of the game at this point. Yeah. Um. No, we did because that was when Russian Ronda knee barred Stephanie. Right. Right. Okay. Oh, yeah, and Marcos Ruggiero fought <laughs> Waldo Cortez Acosta. McGee yeah, beat up Journey Newsom. Yeah, we were, come on, you were. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, man, we do so many of them. It's it's hard to like, <laughs> keep track of all these. The guys. Troy Waters and uh, you yeah. know Josh Quinlan fight. Also, Josh Quinlan's pissed nuclear hot multiple times <laughs> where he beat Logan Urban on the Contender Series and that got turned to a no contest. 
And then he couldn't fight Jason Witt because he kept pissing hot. So he fought him a week later, and then he did what you thought he would do to Jason Witt. A wind of gust. A gust of wind. A wind of gust. Maybe both not knocked Jason Witt to the land of ghosts, wind, and wits. So, and Eddie I guess, Wineland's. And Eddie Wineland's. <laughs> we, we <gotta> the, page, <laughs> the patron saint of the land of winning ghosts. Um, yeah, I kind of like... Um, Danny Barlow here. I, I went into this being like, you know, whoever's the underdog, I'm taking them because they're both inexperienced. They might both not be good. Who knows? Neither's been really tested. But I think, you know, they both have power. Quinlan overextends a lot. He can probably mix in the grappling a little bit. He has a black belt. I'm sure he would have the success there, but he doesn't really use it that much. He had trouble with a long-rangey guy in Trey Waters. Uh, Barlow has a longer reach than Trey Waters, fun fact. And, uh, Danny Barlow is very athletic, tall, rangy. He's kind of like a left-hander bust, but he mixes in some kicks, throws him hard. He throws very well. He throws everything very, very hard, very precise, very quick. Um, his grappling game is just not advanced. I think he fought this guy, um, uh, Dustin DePuma. He went the distance with him, and I think he almost got choked out and mounted in the first round. So it's, it's been a couple years. Maybe it's maybe his um, jujitsu is advanced a little bit. I just don't know if Quinlan's even going to look for that. He probably should. Um, does have yeah, a Kimura I, on the record. He does have one of those. I'm going to go I'm going to go Barlow by TKO. I think he's going to hit him with the left hand of God. I mean, he's a cult hero, dude. We got to take it. When it's there, we got to take it. So, give me Danny Barlow, left hand to my bank account. <laughs> so, we, <laughs> what did you take? <laughs> You taking it on the card, TKO? Barlow knockout, yeah. All right, I'll take you so. Why not? All right. I don't even need to know other than the fact that uh, Mr. Quinlan lost to Trey Waters. That's all I need to know. Yeah, no, easily, too. No offense to Trey Waters, of course. God forbid. But <laughs> Barlow, pl- TKO, plus 160. And I looked at Barlow's record. He's got a lot of first-round knockouts. It may not be against the highest level of competition, but... But he's coming hot. Oh yeah, and he's also been heel hooked before as an amateur for, and for whatever that. Quinlan's means. pissing hot. That's you know, <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta mark that down for the record. How about this? <laughs> this is the fight that people will be huddled in the masses around the television <laughs> when when this starts. Val Woodburn, that's Val the Animal Woodburn, coming off of his uh, well, uh, let's just say uh, less than stellar performance against Bo Nickel. He, the, the odds were stacked against him. Val Woodburn's getting in there against Oban Elliott. I don't know anything. The Welsh gangster. The Welsh gangster. He's got a he's got a flag tied around his neck here. He's 26 years old. He's been knocked out twice, so those are his two losses. So that is something worth. Uh, he did lose to Michael Figlock. Remember him? Yeah. Mad so ball. he he fought Figlock, and then after that, he had to take some time off. Um, sure hope so. For a, he had a heart re- a oh, heart okay. problem. Well, that's not good. That's but, not good. Not good. But he's back. He's but he back. got knocked out, so he's back. And then he came back and got knocked out again by uh, yeah, he did another gentleman. So at least uh, the thing Fleming, is, I like the about Latvian the guys. Express. The guys from Cage Warriors. At least I feel like they have these guys that they're fighting have a little bit. I have a little bit more faith in the guy that um, Zong was fighting in the uh, or yeah, whatever. Or the, yeah, exactly. So. I might bet Val Woodburn here just out of, out of respect. <laughs> really, uh, this is an ultimate respect bet. But uh, really, what what is yeah. there to bet here, Ty? It, this is um, Elliot's minus three twenty to Woodburn's plus two fifty. I'm staying away from this. 
maybe Elliot Sub. I mean, he's been, he's won four straight fights by decision, but before that, he was he uh, he got a rear naked choke on his record. He has a couple of rear naked chokes, Kamora as well. Um, Val Woodburn, I, I I don't imagine has any kind of ground game. Um, <laughs> has a bunch of knockouts, but they were early in his career. His last two fights against people who are like real uh, went to distance. He's just not good, in my opinion. I mean, <laughs> I don't think it, he's dropping back down to one seventy, which I think is his natural weight. I mean, he's like five eight. Uh, I don't know any. I just he has good power, but I think that's it. Um, Elliot striking defense not good, not great. So there's that. But he has good cardio. He's primarily a wrestler, but he doesn't hold guys down that well. I think he just he kind of wants to get the fight extended, and that's where he kind of gets gets guys in, into deep trouble oh. as the dogs go crazy. I, I, is it underdog? Is this is this wow? Is underdog spot? <laughs> I don't know, dude. Oh man, the dog just know. let you know, brother. It's this He's is like, yo bet on Val Woodburn to put Mister Welsh Gangster to sleep. Um, unfortunately, I, I can't do that. Yeah, I can't, I can't listen can't to do the that. dogs here. <laughs> but they are barking, so I guess maybe the next fight is uh, is where I'm going to look to my dog for, to bark. But this fight, I do not. I mean, it was a good win over Kike Brito uh, for Oban Elliott. But um, I, I think that's probably he's just probably better than Val Woodburn. Uh, I just don't know if there's anything here to bet. I mean, I would be interested to see if Elliot's sub bet prop was um, uh, plus two seventy. Yeah, man, not bad. But again, I, too I much don't trust that I don't know about. Either, yeah, yeah, too much, too much unknown. So yeah, I'm gonna skip this. But I do think he wins by sub. I liked uh, Woodburn TKO here, but I'm not gonna take it. So just wanted people to know that when he when some when either one happens. That I liked both of them. So, how about that? Uh, how about uh, Andre Lee plus 165 here to Miranda Mavericks, minus 185, minus 200. Ty, Miranda Maverick, I've been the biggest fan of in the past, and I, I've, I'm not, I mean, not, I don't want to say not anymore, but like, she's let me down a few times, but I guess it's not to the worst competition in the world, the Aaron Blanchfields. The Macy Barbers, you know, Jasmine, G- GSP, Joe's Devicious. It's, I don't know. I, I don't know if I can really trust her to take care of business for me against Andrea Lee because Andrea Lee, saw, you know, like, she's the ultimate, like, you know, I mean, she is coming three losses in a row, but yeah. it seems like when you doubt her the most, she comes out and takes care of business and, you know, arm she's triangles. 35. Wow. Triangle arm bar against Antonina Shevchenko. That's. These are some bad wins, though, now that you really like, yeah. look at it. I mean, her losses, again, are, you know... I mean, she likes those three-fight losing streaks, that's she for does. sure. And this, is, this is the time to break, to break that it. losing streak. Would Miranda Maverick finish this fight, you think? I don't think so. Um, no, I mean, dude, has Miranda Maverick... Did she finish her breakfast this morning? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think that's... Now, she is coming off of an armbar. I'll, I'll give her that, you know. But she couldn't finish Shannon Young. Uh, Jillian Robertson. What do you need to say? Yeah, Pearl Shannon Gonzalez. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah Priscilla Cachoeira is pretty pretty bad too. So at least she was able to get the armbar in the third round. Animal. Um, yeah. <laughs> 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 the the thing is, Miranda Maverick out grapples like these bottom of the barrel grapplers, but you know when she fights these pressure fighters, she does this thing where she like resets after every exchange. Miranda Maverick does and when she fights pressure fighters. They, they it doesn't work like they come forward and expose her like Jasmine and Blanchfield and Barbara they're pressure fo- pressure opponents I just don't know if Andrea Lee is still there you know I think she's kind of wearing down she's kind of getting older 
she's kind of slowing down all around. Um, the Natalia Silva fight, there's nothing wrong with that. The, Mer- the Macy Barber fight was really close, honestly. I thought she took her down a couple times. Uh, she was able to hurt and crack Vivian Araujo in that first round, almost finished her in that first round, and then kind of just gassed after that. I just think she's better than Miranda Maverick here. I think she's better all around, especially on the feet. If if Maverick can't get it down, I think maybe Andrea Lee could have some wrestling success. She has better takedown offense and defensive numbers than Miranda Maverick, for what it's worth. Um, you know, Miranda Maverick, low output on the feet, keeps her hands down. I think Andrea Lee's clearly a better striker. Good jab, good front kick. She has a nice, strong body lock, takedown, judo throw mix. Uh, she's probably the bigger, stronger, longer opponent fighter here. Um, I got Andrea Lee money line. I'm going to wow. go, uh, the dogs are barking. I'm going to go Andrea Lee money line. I think she breaks the schneid here and gets a W. Lee Moneyline plus 165. I am going to sit this one out because I think I have enough plays, but I'd love to bet Andrea Lee Moneyline. I really would. I just. Well, you do it. You I can't, do it now. I, I'll do it in my private life more than likely. I got to keep it off the card. I already have a double whammy on here. And uh, I bet uh, Barlow TKO, which I didn't know anything about before. And I also have Lima Sub. That seems like I could be just wasting money. So. Uh, that's not. I think it's going to hit. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. That is UFC 298 from where are we this weekend? Are we in the Vegas? We're in Anaheim. Oh, we're in Anaheim? Yeah. There you go. So we are in Anaheim, California. The Shanimal will not be there, unfortunately. We are at the Honda Center. DC will probably have some sort of flashback or uh, PTSD moment of him getting KO'd there. So. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. That's UFC 298. We are looking forward to it. I can't wait. I am so excited. I hope you guys enjoy watching the fights and get all your bets in and uh, you know just fade us or bet with us. Either way, have a great time enjoy the fights. Uh, any two, yeah. boxing that we have to talk about before we get out of here? Uh, we do have a Shockey Foster fight tomorrow night. That's my boy at 130. Um, I think he's probably going to move up to 135 after that. His nickname is Icewater. Okay. Um, he, had a, he, had a, <laughs> he had a big win. In his last fight against Eduardo Hernandez, who was um, really game and almost upset him. They went to the 12th round, and Oshaki got a 12th round knockout. One of the, be- one of the best fights of 2023, honestly. He's fighting Abraham Nova. I think they were supposed to fight before. There's a lot of trash talk here. Abraham Nova's the Cuban gentleman, but has like a big blonde beard. He kind of looks kind of funny. Has a big lisp as well. Um, he lost. He got knocked out by Robesi Ramirez a couple years ago. I think that was his only defeat. Yeah, he's come off a win against... Jonathan Romero, which I do not remember that fight at all. However, both fighters, I believe, are 30. It's going to be a good fight. It's going to be in New York City. It's on ESPN Plus tomorrow night if you're not doing anything. Nice. Bruce Shushu Carrington, I'm sure you've heard me talk about him a couple times before. He is um, a Brooklyn prospect, 10-0. I think he's 26 years old. He's fighting Bernard Torres. Big step up here, so he can put his name on the on the map. Xander Zayas was supposed to be on this card. He's a big-time Puerto Rican prospect. 21 years old. He's fighting out Sunrise, Florida. He was supposed to be on this. This would have been nice for him to fight Pat Teixeira, but uh, I think one of them had to pull out. So I think other than that, I mean, there's Joseph Diaz fighting Jesus Perez. That's going to be uh, – I think that's 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 tonight, actually. Uh, so we'll see if the Thursday night fights can continue to disappoint. Remember the last, last Thursday was Teo, and a couple months ago was Shakur Stevenson. So Thursday nights might be cursed. I'm not sure. Other than that, I think that might be it for a little bit. I don't think there's really much going on in, in, in February. But uh, Devin Haney and Ryan Garcia got made. They're 3-3 three and three against each other in amateurs. 
that's pretty compelling. That'll be on uh, April 20th, April 29th, April 19th, 20th. One of the two. I think it's – it could be – yeah, yeah. And then a week later is Josh Taylor, jo- Josh Taylor, Jack Catterall, two. That just got booked for April 27th in Leeds. Uh, it's been a couple years. I mean, the, the auto rematch is what everybody wanted. And they're like, nah, we're going to wait a couple years in typical boxing form. So that whole month, April, May, June should be exciting. There's going to be a lot of boxing, a lot of big matches in that in that, in that that time frame. But I'm really looking forward to Haney and Garcia, man. I think Haney's going to gonna beat him easily. I see a lot of people on Ryan Garcia. I'm not I'm not so sure about I'll that never one. Be on that guy again. Yeah. I mean there's a video of him chasing that girl Bobby Altoff around some penthouse suite, you know, as he's trying to spar and show her how to hold the gloves and he's chasing her. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? What kind of alternate universe are we in? So um I heavy Devin Haney needs this one. He needs to take some of Ryan Garcia's fans. And kind of like how Floyd did when he fought Arturo Gotti, when he fought Oscar De La Hoya, two huge fan favorites. Yeah. And Devin Haney is not like Floyd. I mean, Floyd wasn't the biggest fan favorite either at one point. Devin Haney, definitely not the biggest fan favorite. I mean, these guys tried this trash-talking thing. Did you see that? And they kind of got physical. It was so bad. It was just so bad. I mean, Ryan Garcia did mention that Devin Haney is getting pimped out by his dad. That was kind of funny. And Bill Haney did not like that one. <laughs> he did not like that at all. But no. um, overall... Neither neither fighter. It's very cringe when they try to talk shit. But Devin Haney is is legit. I think Ryan Garcia is not. I mean, he's he's got speed and power. Other than that, his jab's a joke. His 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 head movement is a joke. His just striking defense and chin is not good. So I got Devin Haney in that one pretty easily. But it should be a good match. Again, this is game seven for them, which is you never see that in boxing. So um, that'll be something to watch when they fight on uh, April nineteenth, April twentieth. It might be on four twenty. So. There is that. Choke up. Uh, yeah, David Diamante will be in Oaxaca, Mexico, this uh, Mexico. This, Let's this go. Weekend, so. I'm excited. I'm going to be tuning in somehow. There you go. Uh, somehow, some way, we will get it on the television. And th- somehow, some way, you will enjoy the fights this weekend, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Matt McSweeney. This is the Shoulder Strikes MMA podcast. His name is Ty Capone, as always. And remember, keep your hands up. I'm like Miranda Maverick and stay out of the DMs.